Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support. We'd love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now for our podcast teaching. And today we are in a very um, important aspect of our walk in our growth with Christ. And we're going to look at something that a lot of times gets confused in um, really just our spiritual life, just because there's a lot of different views that are out there when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And today I want to bring some clarity that only comes from Scripture. This isn't some person's special insight or a man's word, but this is God's word, God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Man wrote it, and we need to live by it, apply it, and seek it, and live it. So that's what we're going to look at today. But before we do that, I think we should just go ahead and approach the throne of God together, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your great and powerful word. It encourages us. It grows us. Lord, it it reprimands us. It encourages us. It keeps us going. Lord, it's used to reprove, rebuke, exhort, uplift, Lord. And so, Lord, that means we should be in it constantly. Lord, if we're to pray without ceasing, we should be in your word without ceasing. Lord, I pray that you would just encourage us today as we continue our series in prayer and we look at an important aspect of our prayer life, praying in the Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' precious and most holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have you ever seen a small person walk a giant dog? Now, I'm not talking about a midget walking a Great Dane. I'm talking about just somebody that's small walking a big dog. Yeah, we see it all the time. It's funny to see when the dog gets excited because the dog maybe starts yanking in you know, the direction that they want to go because they see a squirrel or something like that, and you see the person struggling against that big old dog, and what ends up usually happening is the dog wins out, right? I remember after Hurricane Andrew, we lost all of our fencing around our house, and I had to take, because the dog was my responsibility at home, I had to take our dog outside. Her name was Stymie, okay, she was this big lab, and so I had to take this big lab that weighed more than me, she was about 120 pounds, and I probably weighed 100 soaking wet. I had to take her outside on the lead in order for her to go to the bathroom outside. So here we are, I'm taking out the dog. I have a flashlight because it's late, it's dark out, and remember this is just after Hurricane Andrew, so there's no lights around in the neighborhood. And I take the dog out and I'm walking her in the grass and 
a cat scurries. It just, you know, how cats, they love to jump out and freak you out for no reason at all, and it just jumped out and, and took off. And well, this is a lab, so what does the lab want to do? It wants to chase. It wants to hunt. It's a sport dog. That's what they do. And so it took off, and I had that lead wrapped around my hand. So I take off with the dog, and I am bouncing around through everybody's backyard, and I'm yelling the entire time, not knowing what to do. And finally, I realize that I need to give her the command to stop. So I yell it. And she stops, and she's just there sitting, thinking it's the greatest thing in the world. And she's <laughs> staring at me. I'm covered with scrapes. I'm really mad. I go home running, crying. Ah! Right? Because here the dog just chased me all the way through the grass, yanking me the entire way. So, what you could say is, I was not walking the dog, the dog was walking me, right? And in our prayer life, we have a tendency to try to harness the Holy Spirit with a little lead, with a little leash, and we want to let him go in a certain direction, but we only want it to take off in the direction that we want him to go. We think that we can hold him to our own very little effect, right? The power is not being tapped into correctly. We're not truly unleashing the Lord's power within our life when we try to hold back the full potential of what He wants to do in our life, through our walk, through our prayer life. We're only taking Him out on Sundays or maybe taking Him out on Wednesday and we're not really unleashing the full potential of Christ within our lives. Because remember, He says, I am going to send unto you the paraclete, the helper. Oh, and He's going to do great things. In fact, greater things than I have done through your life. And so we're truly not living in that way because we're going out there with the Holy Spirit, this giant of a, of a thing in our lives, God with us in spirit form, and we're just taking Him on the leash and we're going, oh no, no, you're not allowed to go that direction. No, 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 no. You're not allowed to be in that area of my life. No, no, no. This is the way you are going to do things. We're trying to tame the Holy Spirit, but you can't tame God. The Holy Spirit wants to interact, wants to intercede for us, wants to empower our lives beyond what we're trying to do, but we as small humans are thinking that we need to remain in control and guide Him along rather than take His guidance. But what we should do instead of harnessing it and trying to tame God or walking it around where we want it to go and saying, okay, you have access to this area of my life. You can have access. God, I will give you Sunday. But if there's a football game on, if pastor goes on a little bit too long, then, you know, one o'clock, we're cutting it off. All right? Instead of doing that, what we need to do is fully unleash the power and potential of God within our lives in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Instead of walking him around and telling him where he can go, we need to ask him, Lord, what do you want for my life? We need to allow the Holy Spirit to empower our lives fully. And today, that's what we are going to truly try to discover and look at. 
I'm not talking about gifting either. That's a whole other topic of the Holy Spirit's gifting within your life. And I'm not talking about excitement or emotions. I'm not talking about Him trying to overtake us and filling and things of that nature. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the relevance of the power of God flowing into your every move. So let me ask you, brothers and sisters, do you want God's full strength and power in your life? Do you want a deep communication with the Almighty? Well, the Bible tells us that to have full strength and communion with the Lord through the Holy Spirit in our lives, we should strive every day for closeness with Him. It indicates this by saying two things that we must do in our life in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we do this, we will have true communion, true closeness, true power in Christ. And it's walking and talking. Walking and talking in the Spirit is the true potential that it will be unleashed within our life if we do this every day. Let's take a look at the first one that I brought up, which is walking. We're going to walk the walk and we're going to talk the talk today as we break into God's Word. Go to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5. And here we see this spelt out for us by the Apostle Paul being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things. He says in verse 17, uh, 16 down to 18, I'm sorry, I only gave you verse 17, but it, it's, it's, I'm going to read it for you and you can follow along. Verse 16 to 18, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit. Let me ask you guys, did, did it say here to walk the Spirit? Does it say to take the Spirit out Take them around the block a couple times, wear them out, so that way you can lock them up when you go to work, and he's not going to make a mess of your house. You see, what happens is we kind of tend to think that the Holy Spirit is a thing that we have control over, and that we can go ahead and say, Holy Spirit, not now. Holy Spirit, let me detach you from this moment in my life. But what it says here is to walk by the Spirit, and we're going to take a look at that in depth, so that you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not under the law. Walk. To have the Spirit lead you. To see Him working in your life and love. To see kindness and humbleness flow from you. The Bible says you need to allow Him to take over in your life. In fact, it says it twice that we are to walk with Him. That we are allowed to let the Holy Spirit guide us in the direction of which we should go. 
that we should hand over the reins of power over to the one who is abundantly able to do everything and anything above what we could even think and imagine. We have that potential in us. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 6, it tells us that we are not just the regular dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We're not just a thing that the Holy Spirit comes in and then He flows out of. The Bible tells us that we are the neos of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that don't know the Greek, I'm going to explain that in a second. It means the Holy of Holies, the temple of the one living true God. God views you not as a temple, not as a dwelling place, but as the most holy place where He dwells. And so it makes sense if we're taking Him out every single day in our lives, we need to live as people that are holy. Amen? You need to walk with Him. Amos 3.3 Amos 3.3 It says this, Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? Do two men walk together unless they've made an appointment? Or another way of saying this is, two cannot walk together unless they are in agreement with one another. In other words, it's saying, if you're going to walk with the Holy Spirit, you need to be in agreement with what He says. You ever had one of those awkward moments with somebody that you're talking, and, and maybe you haven't seen them in a while, or maybe it's that person that maybe you really don't like right? Hey, oh, it's great to see you. And they're always that person that talks politics or something like that. And that's why you're kind of like, Ooh, I don't know. And you're talking and you're already, you know, they're already ruffling your feathers a little bit. And then you're like, well, you know, I have to go. And they say, yeah, I have to go too. That's fine. You give a hug and the besos and you start to turn around and walk away and they're right behind you. They're following in that same direction of you because you're parked in the same area. It's awkward, isn't it? It's difficult because now you're, you're, you're feeling their presence and you don't want that presence with you. And that's what the Bible is saying is you need to have agreement with the Holy Spirit because He is walking with you at all times because you are His Holy of Holies. And so what you need to do is be in agreement with Him and His ways and His Word in order for that not to be a constant friction and a constant rub within your life. Agree to go in the same way. Agree to be carried by Him in the same direction. Agree to like one another. Agree to get along. Agree to follow in His ways. You have to agree with what He says and the directions that He's taking you in life. Amen? Amen. And this is a result of the choices that we make within life. These are decisions to actively pursue and dwell and act in the way that the Holy Spirit is guiding you. 
And the only way we can do that is if we are in God's Word. To live a biblical life and standard. Now that doesn't mean we're going to be extremely successful. You know, the heroes of faith that are spoken of in Hebrews chapter 10 doesn't say that these people lived a successful, amazing, strong life, that they had never sinned, that they never made mistakes. No, if you look at the people that are listed, there were people that were striving to walk with God. There were people that were striving to talk with God. They were a people that tried to live what they had inside. They were a people trying to live out their faith. And that's why they're listed amongst the heroes of faith. They weren't a people that were of great book knowledge. They were a people walking in the knowledge that they had. You know, the other day I was joking around with uh, Joey Lovin um, because I found out he doesn't really like tomatoes. Okay, I, I know I might have just put him on the spot. <laughs> but I said to him, you know, one of my favorite examples in life of the difference between knowledge and wisdom, because knowledge is basically just a collection of facts, isn't it? And we can have a collection of facts when it comes to the Bible, can't we? But wisdom is applied knowledge. So wisdom is you have those facts in your head, but now you are living them out. And so one of my favorite examples is knowledge says that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom says I'm not putting it in a fruit salad. <laughs> and that's the truth about what we're being told here in Scripture is, hey, don't just hold in a whole bunch of knowledge now walk that knowledge with the Spirit. Apply it to your life so you could benefit from the fruit of the Spirit coming into your life. As you take it in, as He tells you, hey, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't, don't covet your neighbor's wife. As you see those things in your life and you start to try to apply and live them, the Bible lets us know, according to Galatians, Paul writing it, he says, hey, listen, what ends up happening is you don't envy, you don't strife, you don't go towards flesh and impurity and sensuality and idolatry and sorcery. Why? Because you're not living in that lifestyle. You are applying God's Word to your life. The application of God's Word, you living in the wisdom of the knowledge that you've gained, is walking in the Spirit. In Galatians 5.25, if you would, go back there with me. Galatians 5.25, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us walk by the Spirit. If you have eternal life in Christ Jesus your Lord, if you believe that Jesus died for you and rose again, Paul says here, then live by the Spirit. Live like you know who your Father is. You believe in Him, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You're alive through Jesus. Then act that way. Act as if you know who Jesus is. The fruit of the Spirit are choices in your life. If you take a look at these 
fruit of the Spirit listed from 22 to 23, these are choices that you have to make within life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. What does he mean by such things there is no law? He's saying, listen, the, the commandments of Moses don't say, hey, you should not be so happy. You know what? You being happy completely annoys me. Get joy out of your life, okay? You know what? You're too gentle. You're so gentle, it, it, it's just, you know, you're soft. So, you know what? You need, to, you need to be a little bit more manly and rough around the edges. Make sure that when people first meet you, they think they don't, that you don't like them. No, what is it telling us here? It's saying that when you have these in your life, there is nothing that speaks bad against them. And that's the walk of the Spirit. When you start living out the Word of God in the joy and peace and patience and love of Christ is what comes in your wake. Against such things there is no law. God doesn't have to warn you not to do those things. These are decisions to actively pursue and dwell. A decision to live a biblical life in Him. Galatians 5.16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. The desire of the flesh. Listen, the flesh has one desire. Even though it displays itself in lots of different lusts and temptations within our life, it's got one desire. To please itself. To please itself. All of our sins are tied to the desire of pleasure. All of our senses are tied to the, to, to the desire to seek after self. And the term walk here is the word peripateo, and it describes a direction, a conduct, and denotes a manner of life. We're being told to take the idea and the practice of living and walking and being in agreement with the Holy Spirit. And then and only then can we effectively live out this life in Christ that we now live. In other words, I'm choosing the direction deliberately. I could take this other direction because I'm free in Christ. Right? The Bible's not commanding us to do this. It's not saying if you don't do this that the Holy Spirit's going to say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm out of here. This guy drives me crazy. In fact, the Bible lets us know that we can grieve the Holy Spirit by not following His direction. We can, we can cause the Holy Spirit within us pain. We can make Him feel bad by the poor choices that we decide to live where He's telling us, hey, listen, I don't want you to do those things. And we're muffling His voice. Where we read the Holy Spirit, His words written in Scripture, and we decide not to listen. It's kind of like a, a parent with a child when they deliberately disobey you, it hurts you. It hurts your relationship. But a good parent doesn't say, I'm going to divorce you for not listening uh, when I said to clean your room. 
No, what does that parent do? They, they discipline, and sometimes after a while, that parent gets so upset that they go in there and they try to clean the room for them. And the Holy Spirit is that same way in our life. He's calling us to walk by His Word. But we have to deliberately choose the direction we're going to go with Him. That we're going to follow lock and step in His way. You're not being called to walk the Holy Spirit, but to be in agreement with His will and His ways according to Scripture and walk with the Holy Spirit. Walk by His Word. And then you won't carry out the desire of selfishness. The next thing that we look at is talking in the Holy Spirit. So we're to walk the walk, right? We're walking the walk. Now let's talk the talk. Walking and talking with the Holy Spirit is emulating of what we know of Him and who He is in our life. Emulating the Holy Spirit's presence. It's, it's a total trying to enact and trying to live like Him. It's like your kids. Maybe your grandkids. Maybe your nieces and nephews. They love you so much they want to do what you do. They want to act how you act. They want to live like you live. What you put preference on is what they will try to put preference on when they get older. Church family, put preference on things that are godly because your kids are watching. And, and Scripture is letting us know that if we try to emulate the Holy Spirit in our life, then we will unleash the full potential of Christ in you. So emulate who He is. Emulate His walk. Copy it. Right? It's like a kid that watches a, a country western. What ends up happening is all the kids suddenly get a country draw and in that, you know, swagger walk as they walk into the kitchen. Hey, mama. What's for dinner? You know? It's kind of that same idea as that kid is now emulating what they watched on TV. So emulate the Holy Spirit's swagger in your life. Let's talk with Him. But how do we talk in the Spirit? You know, Scripture only really talks about talking in the Holy Spirit twice. Although it, it alludes to it in other passages. If you have your Bibles, go to Jude, Jude 20 and 21. Jude 20 and 21. It says this, Jude, there's only one chapter, Jude 1, 20 and 21, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. 
I want you in your Bibles to go ahead and underline that word, praying in the Spirit. Jude says here to keep in love with God, to keep building our faith, we need Holy Spirit talk in our life. We need Holy Spirit prayer in our life. Holy Spirit speech in our lives. This isn't a secret type of prayer, friends. This isn't an unknown language being spoken here. This isn't a secret recipe for success that if all of a sudden we could just figure out how to pray in the Holy Spirit, we're manipulating Him in our life to get what we want. This is power in prayer, and Scripture reveals to us exactly how we should pray in the Spirit. The, the, the Bible doesn't keep this as something that we can't pursue and look for. We have Him and can pray in Him, namely, pray for God's help in harmony with the Spirit's desire in our lives. Or to put it plainly, Pray under the element of His influence in your life. Our greatest source is God Himself. Do you believe that to be true? Say amen if you do. God is our greatest source of all the resources we have in our life. We can go to Him secure in His help through prayer. The Bible only mentions praying in the Spirit one other time, although it mentions the Spirit praying for us in other areas of Scripture because of a failure on our part to understand how to truly pray. This is Holy Spirit prayer. Because the Bible tells us that man is weak in this area of our life. That we truly don't know how to pray as we should. In fact, go there, if you will, with me, because it really just enlightens this whole idea of Holy Spirit prayer. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27. It says, In the same way, the Holy Spirit helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So because we don't know how to pray like we should, because we're, we're, we're deficient in this area in our life when it comes to prayer, the Holy Spirit takes over. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit, He goes ahead and He takes over because all we're doing is we're coming and we're blabbering and we don't really know exactly what to say. We don't know how we should say it. We don't know how to approach Him. We don't know exactly what to do or what to say in that moment. So the Holy Spirit takes over according to the will of God. So He wraps Himself within our words. And He brings it to the attention of the Father. Because we're deficient. But the tie to this is the Holy Spirit, He intercedes according to the will of God in our deficient prayer. So what is Holy Spirit prayer? And how do we unleash it in our life? Rather than trying to go out and force it 
rather than trying to go and make the Holy Spirit do what we want? How do we walk the walk and talk the talk to God properly? Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. This is the only other time that the Bible actually says to pray in the Spirit. The other one that we looked at in Romans chapter 6, it says we don't know how to pray in the Spirit, really, as we should. So it doesn't say in the Spirit, but it says that the Holy Spirit takes over that weakness and He prays according to the will of God. The answer to how to pray in the Spirit, the answer to verse 18, praying all the time in the Holy Spirit, is found in verse 17. It says, and the sword of the Spirit. Do you guys see that? The sword of the Spirit is what? The Word of God. The Word of God is the Holy Spirit's. So if we are to pray in the Spirit, what does that mean? We are to pray the Word of God in our lives. We are to ask the Word of God in our lives. The Word of God needs to flow out of our prayer life. The Word of God needs to flow from our mouths. When we come to it and it speaks to us and we're convicted by it, we need to apologize to God by it. When we see it and His promises become true to us, and we say, man, I want that promise to come alive in my life, we need to go to God and ask for it. When we see something in, in the Word of God that speaks to us, and we need to praise Him for it, we should go to Him according to the Word of God and praise Him for it. Amen? This is what it means to pray by the Spirit. We are praying the Word of God richly in our lives. The Word of God, the Scripture, is the Spirit's sword. But it's also... Spirit-inspired and led. You see, when we're deficient in our prayer life, when we're just sitting there and we're going, Lord, 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 and we don't know what to say, it says that the Holy Spirit comes into our life in that moment and He intercedes according to the will of God. He prays for us according to the will of God. He goes ahead and takes over in that moment because we don't know what to ask, how to ask, because we're deficient according to the Spirit's sword. His words. Second Peter 1, 2, uh, 1, 20 and 21, it says, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture becomes a matter of someone's own interpretation. Nothing that you guys read within the Word of God comes from somebody else. It's not Peter writing his ideas 
We've never come across Paul's laundry list where he's saying, hey, you know what? Paul, don't forget to pick up some apples at the market. That would be great. No, this isn't somebody's you know, ideas. This isn't somebody's thoughts. This isn't somebody's list. This isn't somebody's checklist. This isn't any of those things. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. No one forced it. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Brothers and sisters, when you hold the Bible, you hold the Holy Spirit's words. When you hold the Bible, you are holding something that was completely and wholly Spirit-breathed, as 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. It says that this is Spirit-breathed, that the Holy Spirit literally breathed the essence into man. And so when we pray, we are praying the God's words, we are praying the Holy Spirit's words into our life. If the Word of God is the Holy Spirit's Word, then the Holy Spirit prayer is when we talk the Word of God back up to the Father. We're asking for its strength, its power, its guidance, and His will to be done in our life when we pray these words right here. When we claim for ourselves His promises, when we claim for ourselves His provisions, when we claim for ourselves His names, when we claim for ourselves His works, that's praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about forcing God in anything. I'm not talking about you go to God and say, oh, well, it talks about how we should have tons of provisions. God, I claim that for my life. No. The Bible is talking about praying the truth of God's Word and will for our lives. Lord, I want to be the best husband that I can be. Help me to love my wife the way that You love Your church. Lord, I want to be the best grandparent that I can be. Help me. Help me to be a man of integrity that my children's children will be known for. You see, that's what it means to pray in the Spirit. When you look at the truths of God's will and God's way according to Scripture, and you call upon God for Him to guide you in that way and in that walk, your talk and your walk are uniquely tied together in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit is you walking in agreement to living Scripture and talking Scripture in your life. Brothers and sisters, walk the walk and talk the talk. Church, God wants you to search the Word for answers, and when you find them, He says, ask for them by name. Unleash the power of God's Word in your life, in your prayer life, and in your daily walk with Him. Amen? Amen. He's not a dog on a leash, and he's not, he, <laughs> he doesn't want you just to have him in certain areas. He's an all-powerful God you can walk and talk with. So unleash him in your life through the power of his word. Amen. Thank you for joining the Transform 365 podcast. 
a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.